Hi hi, thank you so much for listening and welcome to another episode of Approaching 30 as a Single Anime Girl. I'm Nat, your host. Tonight we have a very very special guest for our fifth episode. Um, she's actually closer to 30 than I am. <laughs> oh wow, nice way of uh, welcoming your guest. Um, Winter, do you want to give an intro? Right, uh, hi everybody. Uh, thanks Nat for inviting me. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm Winter. Been friend with Nat for a long time now. Great. <laughs> this is this is less laughing than the episode with Ray. It's okay. Um, okay. okay. So if everyone's ready, let's approach 30 together. Yay. Yay. So, um, Winter, how did you get into how did you get into anime? I guess because like I, I grew up in China and um, Japanese anime was always on TV when I was young. But it's more like ch- children friendly type of anime, depending on how you define children friendly. Um, so yeah, I watch lots of animes from that. But I didn't start a pro- like properly searching for animes and watching it on my own until probably high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, during high school, I, I started with stuff like Lelouch and then um, Bodan Host Club. Yeah, classics, and, classics. Uh, yeah, and then just uh, gradually starting to watch less um, mainstream stuff and just haven't stopped since. And what genre, did you did you have a genre preference when you were going into anime or was it just kind of like... Mm, I think the beginning stage is really just watching everything popular, kind of you, you have a list and then you go, go down the, the rankings and then just pick whatever looks interesting. So I watched quite a lot of different stuff, but as I grow older, approaching 30 <laughs> as Nat would say, it's more... I, I find myself tend to watch stuff that doesn't bring me as much negative emotion or stress. So very lighthearted things, um, comedy, a lot of them being, or just very wholesome content. That's funny because I feel like a lot of people when they're going into like their twenties or mid th- their, their I'm sorry mid twenties or like thirties, they try to watch things that are a bit more serious that they maybe they didn't understand when they were younger whereas I like I love how you're just like yeah I'm gonna work is already stressful enough I don't wanna I mean it could just be me like slightly less anime related but it's like how everybody likes shows like Game of Thrones being like it's great I'm like I had enough of stress at work I don't want to come home and watch dark and uh, political stuff it's that kind of thought process so when you grew up in China, did your friends around watch anime too? Yes, but I think it's a it's a skewed sample, right? Because <laughs> I watch anime, so I make friends with people who would also watch anime. Yeah, all my friends back in China, both junior and high school, all watched anime. And so we have a lot to talk about back then. That's great. I feel like you're maybe you're the only person to have said that on like on here. Because I, I don't well, I don't actually I didn't really actually ask Andrew or Ray this question but I feel like the general consensus was like we all kind of just got into it late high school and then we like found each other like found all our friends yeah. and me um so for you like was that not like a was there like a difference in experience when you met people in uni versus when you um back in but school like I said um, I guess back in school like 
junior school type my when my i talk about it with my friends it's like oh because it's on tv so everybody watched Uh, it and then we can watch it together uh talk about it together but there are definitely shows where because i like i said i didn't really seek out animes to watch back in junior school but some of my friends would do and that is back in the days before like watching anime on internet is a thing so they would lend me like the dvds and stuff and be like oh watch this this is great and then we can talk about it together i think one specific ones i can remember is um Gakuen anime. yes yes yeah i like i watched it too i watched but i watched it when i watched it when i was like around 16 but also i just wanted to say briefly like i smiled when you said that they lend you dvds like when, the, <laughs> when that was a thing like not a hard drive just like yeah, it's, it's DVD. And like, I have to, because I don't know, like, I feel back then, it's not that my parents doesn't approve yeah. it, but it's like, if I try to watch it at home when my parents are also home, then my mom would try to watch it with me and then be like judgmental, be like, oh, what are these people doing and stuff. So I have to like wait till my parents are out and then like put in the DVD and watch it on my own that kind of experience the funny so the funny thing is um because you mentioned Oran host club too and Oran high school host club is obviously like for those of you i mean if you're listening to this podcast you probably have heard it or have seen it um it's like like a super classic like around 2006 came out about this like high school host club which is like a how do i even explain a host club like uh, it's basically one that's like the, the kind of general setting is in a really rich school and uh, Shu Jingo, which is the main, main girl, is not from a rich background. So she's got like put in, put into this environment with full of rich people. And in the school, there's like really handsome guy or like very popular guy within the school set up this host club, which is basically them entertaining female students. <laughs> I think it's the best way to explain. You have to watch it because I first time I watched Olan Host Club. I remember I was like hiding in, in my bed. My mom thought I was already sleeping, and then I click on the first episode. <laughs> and if you remember how they started the anime, I was like, oh, in this club, in this school, you either have to be like famous or rich or like both. And I was like, what am I watching? <laughs> this is very wrong. Very sorry. Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> The funny thing is, like, my dad was the one who got the CD. Like, it wasn't even a <laughs> D. It wasn't even DVDs. It was VCD box set. For, like, oh and it was just like you know when you know, in the plastic um packets, and you have to take out each like like episode one, episode two. They're all like different VCDs, and we tried to like because he basically he used to buy like DVD Conan DVDs. Um, from the same yeah. like DVD store, and then the guy recommended like Oran Host Club. I don't know if he knew he, like that my dad was going home to like a twelve-year-old daughter and like my mom, and like we tried the first episode together, and my and my parents didn't really get into it. <laughs> I think if your dad know what a host club is, he wouldn't have brought you the DVD set. <laughs> so, but it was also like in Chinese this thing. It was it was um yeah. England. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember it was like in the tradi- like in the traditional Chinese like across like very big on the ball. <laughs> so most people watch the same anime like around your friend group, and then some people kind of like I guess dove into it more. Is that or is that kind of like the vibe? Well, because back then you like internet's not really a thing yet. Like yes, you can get online, but that's not your first go-to place to check things. I remember there's like a TV show on the TV where it would just like be like, oh, what's the trending anime right now? And then did like a little bit of summary. So that's where people would be like, oh, I want to watch that. And then you kind of just go to the store and buy the DVD oh set. God. That's how, how you get it. <laughs> so it's very difficult to get to watch something that's not popular if 
if you know what I mean, because they wouldn't have the DVD set in the first place, right? So I think people pretty much watch the same thing. I think um, what's the other one? Full Metal Alchemist oh, yeah. was the other was one. Was that the zero like the O four one or the O nine one? Yeah, yeah, the old one. Oh wow, that's the new one wasn't out yet. <laughs> <laughs> in junior school, okay. I... This is a brutal no, uh, <laughs> podcast. It just keeps reminding me, it's like how old the you old, are. The old, no, the old one came out when I was I was in P four. I was around like nine. Yeah, something like um, that. Um, because I remember like this girl. Um, they they made like a canto dub of the OP, and this All girl right. sang it in music class for like the music exam. Oh God! <laughs> and I remember sitting there like, what is this like? Because they were also playing it in I'm not in Hong Kong and in, in the in on the TV on TVB. Like I saw bits of it as well, but it always it always yeah. seemed to me because I was so young and it always seemed very like gruesome to me, so I never watched it. <laughs> It's a good show. Full Metal Alchemist is good for whoever hasn't watched it yet. Did you like FMA or FMAB more? Um, I think FMAB. Mm. I mean, the story is pretty much the same, isn't it? It's just better um, animation all around. Well, I mean, the ending was really different. And also, the um, uh, they took out some of the... The Seven Sins characters are quite different, too, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I didn't, because I watched the film so long ago, I can't quite remember exactly what happened in the end. Oh, fair, fair, fair. Because I, I only watched FMAB the last few years, and then I watched FMA afterwards. Right. So it was... it was, And obviously, by that time, I've seen, like, the my anime list, like, everyone I've spoken to are like, oh, FMAB, like, oh, like obviously, it's, like, the higher rated one on, on my anime list, yeah. too, so... What is your all-time favorite, like, anime... I think it's hard to say, like, probably Gintama, if I really have to pick one, is um, my, my all-time, because it's it's linked to a very, not just the anime itself, because I started watching Gintama when I was in uni, mm. I think, started uni, and then it's a long anime, right, so you kind of have that entire period of memory just attached to it, it's like I wasn't, well, I wasn't doing great in uni, <laughs> to put it simply, it was a very stressful period of time in my life, didn't have many friends. This is starting to sound really yeah, sad. No. But like, <laughs> um, just but like watching Gintama is what gives me comfort. You just know? Um, like, do you want to uh, do you want to talk about how how we met? Because you're like Winter's slightly different from the other guests because we didn't exactly go to the we. Yeah, do you want to explain? Right. So I grew up in China, born and raised, and then when I turned eighteen and thinking about which you need to go, I was like, oh, I want to be slightly further away from home. So I went to Hong Kong. And Hong Kong's university is very stressful, to put it simply, like, very stressful. And as a result, it's not that I'm anti-social anything. <laughs> I have friends. I'm, my social skill is high. I love how you, had to, you feel like you had to, like, just, just to be Justify clear. myself. I'm not weird or anything. Uh, but <laughs> it's just that uni time, because everybody's so busy with school and trying to, like, get a good job, that kind of stuff. Like, the, there's so much more emphasis put on that than what you would normally see at UK universities. So it was really stressful. People were always studying or doing like job seeking related things, internships, blah, blah, Mm. blah. So even if I had friends and people I liked in uni, we just did not have time to hang out. So aside from schoolwork and all the like commitments I had uh, otherwise in uni, I think the only like interesting thing I get to do is just like every night I watch some anime and sometimes I watch too long. I'll be like, okay, this is 11 p.m. I watch two episodes, go to sleep, and then I'll be like, oh my god, it's already 7 p.m. No. It's a, I've, everyone's so not, yeah. been there. But that, that's like, that's, I just watched the Gintama during that entire 
time. I, of course, watched other anime too, like Kuroko no Basuke. But Gintama is the one I keep going back to because it's just, it's comfortable. It's not a, an anime with very serious plot lines or stuff, but every episode just makes you laugh. It's funny because that's what like Conan is for me. And and Conan, obviously, there's like a lot of like murder and stuff, but that, I find that very comforting, I guess. Because it's a set formula, like someone dies, you know, it's not very obvious, the, the guy who's a, who's a bastard. Like. I'm, not sure, <laughs> I'm not sure what that says about your personality. Nah. <laughs> but it, like, he always solves it and there's always some big like, and the murderer like regrets it in the end. Like they always like kneel down and they cry and then you're like, yeah, like, yeah, bitch, like you, <laughs> you know, you should have killed someone. I mean, I, I guess I kind of can get it because I watch on that a lot when I was uh, like when it was on TV whenever it's just it's a nice thing to put on in the background because you kind of the first time some of the episodes are seriously scary especially for like a kid oh yeah like the old ones especially. I can still remember some of the arcs to this day it was like so is it's just not it's not fit for kids which, to watch which ones did you arc. remember um I remember the one that's like you know they went to a castle yes and then the is this spoiling? But like, I mean, basically it, it, it must have come out 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, if you haven't watched it, don't know it's your own fault. Um, so it's that this this episode where they went to this castle and was trying to investigate like who killed the per- previous owner, and like they, and it turns out it's the secretary or something, and then she like um, did a plastic surgery to look like the really old granny to like get the money. Oh wow, must have been ages ago. Like the is it? Yeah, the, that's really really the... old. The one about the blue castle or something? Yeah, 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 that oh, one, wow. blue castle. That one I remember. And then there was also like, in the, in the like first hundred-ish episodes, there's some seriously scary ones. There was one where they went to this island, like piano The moonlight something. one. Oh my god, the that moonlight was scary. Sonata arc. Yeah, that was one of my favorites. That was so, I mean, even my dad remembers it because he used to watch it with me. Yeah, it just had a, had a strong impact. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> young minds back sure. then, which hasn't really got in touch with anything scary i remember my my dad like gave the box that like lent it to my god sister um and she because she was two years younger than me and she like was totally freaked out i remember being like oh you know you're such a scary like i didn't say it but then i was remember thinking oh i'm superior because i I wasn't scared by all this blood (laughs) i remember because my parents bought the box set for me the first uh hundred or so Mm -hmm. episodes when i was really young like even before primary school i think and I'll go to kindergarten, and the kindergarten had like a DVD player. So I'll bring oh that, and then everybody, God. all the kids will watch it together. And the teacher doesn't quite know what it is. She's just like, oh, some anime. Let's watch oh some God. anime together. <laughs> you just see the room go quiet and quiet as the anime goes on because it's just so scary. So one time, I think we were in like form four, and they are, you know, and towards the end of term, like no one really cares about class anymore. So they just kind of play things yeah. at, at school. Um, one of our one of our friends brought Silence of the Lambs and they played it. Oh but my it was like God. I think it was like eighteen plus or like it was it was definitely rated, but we were just watching that and like I remember one of the guys like was like like hiding behind like the table. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> Um, but you actually touched on something that I wanted to ask you about, which was Hong the Hong Kong kind of anime culture. I feel yeah. like because I got into anime around like high schoolish sixteen seventeen, and I've only been to one or two anime cons at the HKC, so the HK Convention Exhibition Center, and I've never been with, actually no, I the first time I went by myself, um, because I didn't have any friends to go with, and then the second time I went with a couple of our um, 
anime sock friends. Yeah. And I feel that the culture is a bit different. I the I mean the people I've spoken to are what so one of our friends who cosplay cosplays in in Hong Kong or he used to anyway. She was saying how there's you know otaku culture is like seen as is frowned upon or it's not. I think a lot of people are into anime, but it's not something that you're supposed to be into. Like they're you know basically they they think that it's like a nerdy thing. Like it's not really a good thing. Um, I mean, I can only talk about my personal experience, yeah, yeah. right? But I definitely didn't run into anybody because I'm touching back on how me and Nat met. I basically couldn't deal with my Hong Kong stressful uni life anymore, and then took a gap year to UK to study, and that's how we met in the uni's anime. Club. I mean, you still—it wasn't you still were studying. <laughs> was I? I wasn't really studying here. <laughs> I was basically like, I need I need some time time off and then and then came to the UK and then I saw anime. I was initially I was hesitant to join the anime club because I went to this entire like club fair thing uh, at the beginning of yeah. the term and then I saw anime club. I was thinking, what do these people do? They just sit together and watch <laughs> anime. I could do that in my own bedroom, so I wasn't really interested. But then um, uh, they Annie Sok actually put up a Gintama poster. And then I was like, oh, this is of good taste. Maybe I can meet interesting people there. That's how I join. And the rest is here straight. Nice. But yeah, yeah, but back in Hong Kong, I didn't really have any friends who watched anime. The only one I knew is um, somebody who I was in a class with, a very serious, like finance-related type of class. Of course. And then <laughs> once like, we were sitting together and then trying to do a group project, and then I saw the like the 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 screensaver of his laptop, and it was anime related. I was like, "Oh, do you watch anime?" He's like, "Oh my god, do you watch anime too?" <laughs> and I remember his screensaver was um, Madoka. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> but you can see like how people just don't talk about it, you know. And like in the UK, like there's an anime club, and people are quite not proud, but at least not ashamed of yeah. We were super their love for yeah, anime. We like it was like very much out there and didn't think that didn't think anybody else could or would judge them that kind of attitude but in hong kong it's a thing that you very much keep to yourself because even if you talk about it other people are just not responding in the same way if that makes sense but to be fair i don't think that's a thing that's related to be just anime because back in uni like everybody's so career focused nobody had any you mean you mean in hong kong or in in hong kong i mean i i never i never went uni in hong kong Um, yeah it was just like having hobby is something that people just didn't think you would have time to do. When you gather together, you talk about how stressful your academic life is or what other resumes you've sent to internship companies. I'm making this sound very sad, but it's just how it was back for the three years I was studying. I that. do remember like coming into... Because before we all came to London for uni, there was a pre-departure event in Hong Kong and you meet like all of the, your peers and you kind of try to make quote-unquote connections um, already at that point, like even before first year. And then after I arrived, like everyone I knew, like most people I knew from Hong Kong, even my flatmate, they were like joined like Asia Career Society, like yeah. um, the HK Society, like the Chinese, I mean, Chinese Society would basically like you basically just go out partying all, all the time. Uh, not not naming which university, I guess all universities, to be honest. <laughs> if you're in Chai Sok, you're probably partying. <laughs> so I always feel like there was like this uh, dilemma, right? Because you're like, I didn't really feel like I would fit into that mindset or I would I would be good like it's not just like they're all very lovely people it's just I didn't think I would be good at that those things 
and it was just never it wasn't something that I thought of like so far ahead because people were obviously using this for a CV and everything and I just joined anime sock and that was like kind of one of the best like at the time I felt kind of insecure about about that decision because it's like oh no everyone's like like super ready to to for more com- like commercial awareness <laughs> um and yeah and and but then now obviously and looking back I'm like I'm, I'm really glad I did this because I feel like not a lot of people manage to leave uni with like a friend circle I think yeah it's the same for me because like I said like it's the year that I spent in UK studying for uni I'm doing a <laughs> quote mark in the in the air right now that um, I feel like I, I truly understand what uni life should be like right because mm. it's not just about career building and stuff you got decades to do that but uni is only four years and it's time to kind of like enjoy that specific period of time in your life and make friends like you said and have really good memories and I d- definitely did not regret the decision coming to UK and spending that year going to any sock and build up this friend group and stuff so yeah I, I think it's it's much better than because honestly I know so many people who did exactly the opposite like you said going to like career clubs yeah. and doing internships and stuff and after graduation yes you've got a so-called very good job but they're dying inside yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's it's what the society thinks success means but not necessarily what makes you yourself personally happy right I think I think a lot of people our age especially are kind of they've they've gone into they've done like the hustling they're like they've built up to a certain point and then and then it's just what happens now uh and don't get me wrong like we're very fortunate to be in this position I just want to put it out there that it's not like it's not easy being in that position to like have having worked hard for a lot of time and and having like being fortunate enough like to have parents to support you on that but like it's it's like, I think approaching 30 is kind of also like realizing that your your soul searching time is about up and you're like, well, fuck, what did I do in the last 10 years? Uh, Everybody to themselves, right? Because like, I think as long as you're happy with where you are in life, that's all that matters. Yeah. It's like us two here talking about, oh, we didn't regret spending our uni, uh, not career searching <laughs> and uh, like just like you know hanging around with friends we think it's great but maybe those uh, career focused people are like look at all these losers in <laughs> who didn't do career searching now uh, doesn't have like a, a high-end investment job it's, it's, it's that that's kind of just thing, just right? to so. put it out there as well winter is a very successful young woman just no she's definitely not like a neat <laughs> uh, um but yeah i when you said like you so found someone in your class with like an anime screensaver I actually so um in one of my one of my jobs like there was a there was a guy who's like a junior assigned to me I was supposed to take like kind of look after him or something um yeah. we, we didn't he was also Asian but we didn't talk about like I didn't I didn't just come to him and was like you know what would you like k-pop like, I didn't do it I didn't do that <laughs> but then I saw that I saw that his backpack had like I think it was a one piece like badge or like <laughs> like a keychain and that's when you're like hey <laughs> and then I was like do you watch anime I know right you just kind of put a, these like little hints out there <laughs> hoping that somebody like if people pass it they pass it but somebody who know what it is would come approach you because in my previous um job in the office I had a pokemon cup <laughs> It's a Pokemon cup of like the the Pokeball, so it's white oh, that, and yeah, red, yeah, I know which one. and it had a Pokeball coaster. Yeah. And for people who doesn't know, just think it's a white and red uh, 
mug, right? But every so often, there are people who pass by in the office. We're like, oh my god, is that a Pokemon? Come, we're like, yes, <laughs> you speak my language. We're like, all the weaves are just out there, like putting out secret, <laughs> like secret, <laughs> like only secret radars can pick it up. It's like, hey, we, <laughs> we're a thing. I stayed in Tokyo for a while and then Winter came to visit me and we and we had a, a day out and we went to this card capture Sakura shop. Um, do you want to, do you remember it? <laughs> I do. I brought home a lot of Sakura, uh, card capture Sakura Mer- any merch? merchandises yeah. and uh, yeah, I brought it home and my flatmate basically was like, why did you bring home a gay pillow? <laughs> For anybody who's watched, it was um, Tsuki and um, Sakura's brother, like together on the pillow. I didn't. I don't actually. I didn't actually see it. I know I went with you. I remember being like, I don't know any of this, but like this looks really because it was like a pop up um, special shop. I don't think. I think it was only there for a limited period of time. Was it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was a pop up. Yeah. So how did how how long was Sakura again? So Car Capture Sakura had two seasons. I think the well, the original had two seasons. I think it, was, it ran on air from 1998 to something like 2000 and I don't know one maybe. Can't even remember the exact date. And it's about 70 episodes. Oh my God. So you had the first part of where Car Capture Sakura was uh, it became a maho shoujo and then start collecting the cards. And the second bit is like she needs to renew all the cards. That's uh pretty much the plot without spoiling anything but it's a very it's one of those interesting shows that it's supposed to be made for kids and you can totally watch it as a child because the plot is very simple it's just every episode she catches a a magical card but as an adult when you i I keep going back to watch it every couple years and every time i re-watch it i'm like this is not (laughs) some of the things are not exactly designed for kids because this was back in 1998, and if you think about back in 1998, even in like countries like U- U- UK or the US, the culture of tolerance for certain things or like openness, acceptance of certain things is not even as much as it is now, let alone back yeah. in like Asia at that time, right? And this anime had gay romance, had uh, extreme age difference romance. It's like teacher dating primary school students, oh, that kind of thing. It just had a lot, like... It had a lot of things I, I feel that... like that trope is quite you know like usagi drop and like a yeah. lot of you know like older man take care take care of younger girl but then they're waiting until they're old enough but it's just that well it's not because in the anime there's it, it went both way there's old male teacher dating young primary school girl there's Damn. also old female teacher dating so it's it goes both way you can't say it's like it has anything to do with gender but like now when you grow up and you look at this you're like this is so far ahead of what the culturally accepted norm was back at the day but the anime just did it in such a pure way that you feel like you're the one who's wrong (laughs) in the wrong if you're questioning this this is just so normal it's just pure love why are you thinking this is wrong and it's it's that kind of anime i feel like when like an anime something like carcaptor sakura when you get to like a for I me, mean, for it to have gone to legendary status in the first place, it must have done something that was kind of out of the norm. That's not 
immediately like for I mean as a kid like you wouldn't you wouldn't really notice like why this was so special compared to a lot of things a lot of other things I think the key key point the anime was trying to tell you is just like love is love it has nothing to do with your age or gender whether you're human being or not that that kind of idea I never thought of it like I mean I never saw it but then whenever I see I guess it's like a a bit of a what do you call it like a trap because I feel a lot of anime posters are very different to what they like to what it's not really a trap because it is that kind of it's just really simple like the core idea is very simple tailored to kids um that kind of thing but if any of you know who the um author of uh Ka capture sakurai is it's clamp and it's formed of four four ladies let's call it that way and there are other mangas and stuff are all very like like, like chobits yeah yeah like because uh did you watch tsubasa tsubasa chronicles not that one. Yeah, that yeah, one? yeah, yeah. I yeah, that's by... think I tried to watch it and then got bored. Or I either that Yeah, that's or... by Clamp as well. So oh. it's used the same set of characters, but it's set in a different world setting and it's much, much darker. So Capture Sakura is more like in the whole world that they built up. It's more of the kind of wholesome anime. So not a single character in the entire anime is a bad person. Oh. <laughs> that kind of very child-oriented wholesome show. So... But as adult, every time I watch it, I still feel like it just makes me feel it's an idealized society, if I can put it that way. So even as adult, when I watch it, I don't feel like, oh, this is just for kids. I get bored. I think I think different. I mean, I personally feel like there are things that I wouldn't be able to get into right now that uh, like if I got, if I, for example, if I got into as a child, I would be able to rewatch over and over again and like see different things I want to continue watching it. Whereas if I had gone to it just like right now, then I wouldn't be able to like stuff like um, what's an example I can think of? Like um, I mean, I guess even like just Maori Penguin Drum because I meant I talk about it in the first episode. Yeah. I like if someone told me to watch it now, I probably wouldn't just because it. I think back then I was looking for something that's that was very like. I mean, I I I, I rewatched just to clarify as well. I rewatched it recently and I still loved it. But if I hadn't watched it before, I probably wouldn't say as to watching it now because like it's such a random. Like 2010 anime, that's not even rated that highly on my anime list anymore. Yeah, I, I think I, I, I know what you mean because I think that's the case with a lot of anime, isn't it? Is that if you watched it, because it's one of your first animes, mm. you kind of are emotionally yeah, attached to it. For sure. So you watch it and you're like, oh, this is great because you just mentally favor that anime and. When people are saying that, oh, it's not that interesting. You're like, what did you just say? <laughs> like, I feel like that's the case with like Conan as well, because because I've had some people be like, why why do you like Conan so much? Because the to be fair, like the uh, I feel like the older ones are better than the recent ones. Yeah, quality is definitely not the yeah. same. I still I don't keep up with the anime anymore, but I do watch the movies when they come out. And from an adult point of view, you're like, okay, the movies are crap. <laughs> like they're bad they <sighs> in terms of story plots. Yeah. But I still watch it because it's just something you 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 enjoy, and you're like, oh, I just enjoy seeing these characters. Again. Especially when he goes like, you know, the when he points his finger at the end of the intro, like intro goes like, she's so so thoughts. Yeah, and you're like, what? Like, ah! <laughs> yeah, you're like, wait, and then you do it with. <laughs> Um, okay, so there was another anime that you wanted to talk about, which was Samurai Champloo, Right. that yeah. I watched, I think, one or two episodes of, like, years ago, and I just put it on hold since. I, I just never continued. Can you, like, talk about why you feel like that's kind of something you would want to talk about? Samurai Champloo is very much not a kid's anime, I would say. 
it's not i'm not saying kids can't watch it because it has it's very flashy in terms of the fighting yeah. scenes and things and probably would enjoy it but the kind of whole theme of it is very adult like because in the end it's about it's it's a journey anime so they're just going on a journey doing something and by the end of it they just split and that's like that it's nothing like <laughs> realistic in a way because that's just what life is like right lots of the animes you're like oh it's like a fairy tale story lots of the things happen and they lived happily ever after it's like a bittersweet yeah it's like a bittersweet that kind of anime but it's just i i love the music i love the stories i love how like it's artistically done and the whole idea is just like oh this is such as life you know like you can't always be the very uh you can't be the center of the story always and you, you kind of just like part of other people's journey and once that thing's done you just part ways and keep on living with your life but it's done in an upbeat upbeat way so that you don't feel sad about it you're just like yeah like yes this is life but doesn't mean that it's not a good life even though there's always an ending to everything it's kind of like the end of hunter the anime right i mean yeah. i guess there is no ending to it <laughs> but let, let's not talk about that <laughs> still have hope we still have hope uh yeah i because when you brought up Savar Shampoo, you also brought up uh, Katarakatari, which if you haven't seen it, please go watch it. Um, to those of you who are listening, because it's it it was very in- like just in terms of its like release as well. Like it was released, I think it was once a month, and then it was like 50, 50 minutes per episode. Yeah. Like so it was quite long. Um, but by the time I watched it, I just binged it. But I think I mean I was thinking about why these two feel so similar, and I guess it's kind of similar in the way that it there is a kind of without spoiling there is a kind of bittersweetness to it as well yeah i i kind of think because i watched these two quite back to back when i first watched yeah. them uh samurai shampoo and katana katari and i definitely agree with you in that there's a similarity between the two animes in that they're both traveling animes it's episodical something happened in the place and then they moved to the other and that it literally just tells you that life is not it's a much more realistic picturing of what life is like right nothing is perfect sad things happen along the way but in the end of the day you still keep moving on it always ends on the upbeat it doesn't matter if you like the ending or not that's what the anime is trying to tell Mm. you it's weird because as you said like they're it's flashy especially katagatari like a lot of like even the character designs are very like kind of not typical anime like quite abstract like the eyes are quite round and but there is something very human about it and i guess that's also like something like b stars right like they use do you see b stars no i didn't <sighs> i did watch did you watch um oh god what is that odd taxi yes 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 yeah yes Andrew yeah, and i were talking like about that. that too yeah um it's very i don't know what the word is but it i don't know if subvert is the right word but like it's very clever because they they use something that's non-human or like that looks very like far because none of I none of us really know what it's like to be a samurai or what it's like to be collecting like several swords or like knives yeah. but then there's themes throughout that kind of bring us bring us together and makes it very human and makes it very like oh like why is this so relatable and and why does this make me like think about it after I finish the anime yeah because um like you said it's different right when you were a school student watching anime versus now when you've like both of us has graduated and like either worked or lived in like the kind of society for for a while it's different what you're trying to get from anime i guess because 
high school time, you're very in a very sheltered environment, if that's the right word for it. And you're kind of just watching anime for the excitement. You're like, oh my god, what does ninja's life look like? <laughs> I, I, I never had that thought gone through my head. What, 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 is, uh, what, what, what are pirates like? Uh, dude, a vampire knight was a thing. <laughs> You know, you watch it for the excitement. You watch it for the fantasy. I'm not saying that after like graduating and as a working person, you don't do that. Of course, you're still attracted by very good stories. Yeah. But it's animes like this, which have a slightly more realistic aspect to it. But at the same time, it's still trying to give you an upbeat like aspect. It's like yes, life is not all fairy tales and flowers and confettis, but even if it's not perfect, it's still pretty good. That kind of anime is like what me after graduating kind of want to watch and just, you know, always end my day in a in a good note rather than watching stuff like Game of Thrones, which is so See, dumb. I keep circling back to your, it. Your your like idea of like watching something is like like I think non on beauty and like yes, very very chilled. I like watching people do farming. Yeah, you yeah. Um, Ray was saying she liked watching Eurocamp. <laughs> Yes, I watched that too. I I watched that anime about that um sarari man like the you shave a beard and I picked up a high school girl. <laughs> oh god. And I watched Rent a Cut like Rent a Girlfriend like Kano Kari. I, I, I rented a... Oh yeah. And I watched the Why other one watch? about this Oji san going for a high school girl. Not Oji san like another like I keep watching working people going for like <laughs> I wonder when you're watching these, do you imagine yourself to be the high school girl to be picked up, or do you imagine yourself to be the Ojisan? <laughs> Not even. I just, I just find it. I just, I was just looking for like romances that are that are bingeable. <laughs> There's a lot of n- n- normal romance animes. You don't have to go for the extremely weird genre. I'm like, I'm like, when can I just? I watched. Um, I think a lot of people watch. Rent a kind of rent a girlfriend because I don't even I think I I saw read somewhere that the 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 um attraction for people for um Kanokari is because the main guy is such a piece of trash in the beginning that you just want to see how he like changes himself uh and the main girl is obviously like best girl but like stuff like that I think stuff like that and also um my dress up darling um oh I I like that one I I liked my dress up it's darling. quite mature it's- isn't it. Yes, but it's. I think for me, the the key decision point of like, because you can say that oh, my dress up darling is the same as these animes, right? But the previous animes you're mentioning. But for me, I think whether I will enjoy watching it or not really depends on what the main guy character is like. <laughs> because in my dress up darling, you kind of you you still like the main character. Yeah. Like he's he's. He's kind of useless. He's kind of shy, but he really tries. You know, he's a good. He's a good person. No, he's he's not so useless. Like, he can make the costume. Yeah, I know. And he has like a he has like a he has a strong point. You know, he has a skill, and he looked really cool when he's making all these costumes. Even though the costumes are extremely slutty, he still like puts a hundred percent focus on it and treat it as Hello. his career. So you're like, oh, I I I can relate to that. I, I root for you. Or some of the other ones, like you just like like um, I think Rent a Girlfriend. I, I watched a bit and I just cannot. I cannot stand. Oh, he's such a guy. loser. <laughs> I, I dropped. Like, why are you two. such a loser? Why is this girl falling for you? This ain't makes no sense. <laughs> it's a very. Ty- I mean, it's typical. Like I, he's just more of a loser than the other harem man. <laughs> I can see for the demographic is trying to appeal yeah. to. This makes sense. But as a as a female who when watching this, I'm just like I don't buy it. I think I think also because maybe they're trying to make it like. What's the difference between 
having because there's so many high school anime out there like what's the difference between having someone that's having an anime that's set in uni and that's set in high school in uni you know obviously people are more I mean, depending on the anime universe you're watching, because some anime are very like like Kimi Todoke is super like oh my god we're holding hands, but then the other like other anime like like say I love you is is like everyone sleeping with each other. So it really depends on like the universe. But then I feel like in high in uni generally it's more accepted to be like oh yeah who so and so is trying to get with yeah yeah yeah. What was I trying to say? But yeah and. Um... Because most of, I mean, if you look at the animes, especially school related, I would say probably ninety percent is about high school lives, even younger some of them.、Mm. But I, I kind of do enjoy the few that I watched about uni life, because it's, like you said, it's no longer about the very, oh my god, we held hand that kind of thing. <laughs> like things got po- portrait of relationship got a bit more mature, and people have more realistic problems. The one that came to mind is Run with the Wind. Not sure if you watched that. Uh, no. Maybe it's a sport. Yeah, it's a sports anime, but it's is. Oh, is it um, um the ones the one where they they're in the track track and field team and they're trying to get a team of people to. Yes, they basically ran. They I ran watched, in the. I watched half of that. And the other one is uh, not really exact, but like Grand Blue is also set in a university oh, environment. Oh, that was hilarious. That was funny. It's it's great, but the jokes aside, <laughs> like the. <laughs> In the anime, it's just that as a uni anime, they can explore so much more. It's like, oh, even if people are sleeping with each other, that's fine because it's uni, you know. It's more realistic than high school. Did you watch Golden Time? No, I don't think so. I remember watching it as it came out, and I think the first two episodes, I was really, really into it, and then afterwards, I was like, this is a waste of my golden time. <laughs> I hate the the main girl is annoying. The like the like what was his name? Bandi was also annoying. <laughs> And when his ghost came, sorry for the spoilers. When the ghost, his ghost, he like when it was in a coma, and his ghost came out, and his soul was like, whoa! Like I think he was a different Bonnie than the original. And then the only thing that the main girl could do was just yell his name. Like that's the. Like, I just. What is the point of this? It's like it's like in a, the joke with um, you know, Gothic. Yeah. Like Victorique and、uh, what was his name? The main guy. But all he did was just yell her name. That's all. He, like he was apart from like bringing snacks to her. That was that was the only thing that he was able to do. Yeah. But yeah, like as you approach older age, I just find myself have so much less patience about these. You're like, this is just never gonna happen anywhere. It has nothing to do age. It just never happens. <laughs> And you also watched Welcome to NHK, right? Yes, I I dropped it halfway. So if I am to review it, it's not gonna be a very objective review. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Andrew and I in our episode like briefly ran through it, and he wasn't the biggest fan. Right. Yeah, I think I have to agree with him on that. I wasn't the biggest <laughs> fan either. I think you have to like animes like that because it's obviously not made for mainstream audience,、mm-hmm. right? So you, to enjoy that, you have to kind of relate to the characters in the anime to a certain extent. I can't relate one bit. It was a negative one hundred percent, perfect negative correlation. I cannot understand any of the motives of people. What are people doing in that anime? Yeah, there's. I mean, there's always the mainstream ones. Like for example, like with Oran, like you don't need to have been looking for some like special meaning. I think it's good in a sense that because it just it just makes fun of itself so much that I think、yeah. there are some jokes I didn't get back in because I watched it when I was twelve, right? And you know I'm you know I'm not supposed to be understanding some of these jokes because they're just not appropriate. <laughs> 
like it made fun of itself so much that I but I also love that it wasn't it wasn't afraid to be a little unconventional like like for example like Haruhi I think she didn't care I think there was one episode or there was a meme that I saw where it would say like she never cared whether people thought she, like she was she never cared whether people thought she was a boy or a girl because she didn't feel strongly about it because it doesn't matter um to her and that was actually quite like if you think about it right now that's that's actually quite forward because that's a lot of because a lot of people are trying to like make that point right now that it doesn't matter what gender you are uh but like back even back this was like 2006 right how he was yeah. like they were like yeah bitch i don't care if i'm wearing a hostel uniform and trying to woo like trying to not woo but like trying to she was so poor throughout the entire anime just trying to make some money the poor girl yeah yeah, yeah. oh yeah she broke <laughs> she broke the vase so what current anime or what recent so as at the time of the recording this is we're about a month into the current uh fall 2022 season so what, what have you been watching um so currently i'm watching chainsaw man nice uh spy family the second season nice. so the two two main ones that i'm watching and uh, i'm going to keep up with uh, made in the best season two but i just trying to let it build up a bit because it's the kind of anime i just find it so painful to which i watch episodically because the story is one whole like is it 12 or 26 episodes uh the current season i can't i don't know actually i think it's more like 12 because this arc is not very long i mean because when you when you talked about Card Captain Sakura and how it was about seventy episodes, I was like, oh, I remember the days when like, yeah, animes are super yeah, long. Angel, just keeps running. Like, Zero yeah. Nuts, Gaima, like Shaka no Shana, like season five. <laughs> now you get like a twenty-four episode season. You're like, thank you, thank you. <laughs> yeah, when Summertime Render was like twenty-something episodes, I was like, oh my god, a good anime that's good at like plot, animation, character, like everything that's actually going for two consecutive se- what <laughs> it's also like lots of the modern animes i feel because old ones if first season ended you know the second season's not far yeah. right well nowadays you never know <laughs> it could be a super popular anime and the second season just just don't know when it's gonna come out i think the only exception is demon slayer it's just like yeah, ah they, they're just working so hard it keeps pumping out you never you don't know if it's like one year or one decade and, yeah, like, and it could just never come out. Hey, it's three zero. <laughs> uh, um, so, how, what did you think about Chainsaw Man? Like around, I think three episodes have come out since. Yeah, I because I didn't read the manga. Mm. I think most of my flatmates I did, didn't, didn't. so they have more of a background story than me. So I went into this completely new. I saw the title and I was like, "What a lame name! What is Chainsaw?" <laughs> <laughs> no, because that's like it sounds like a superhero name, right? And you're like, "Does oh, it?" <laughs> well now chainsaw. I think about it it's like Ant-Man okay, it's like Ant-Man Man. is the Ant is an insect Chainsaw is so like violent <laughs> sorry but, that, but yeah it's just like the name didn't quite click but I watched the two episodes and I think I have high hopes mm. for it it's the kind of anime that's very I don't know if quirky it's not like the story and stuff is very shonen right so far that has been presented yeah. But the characters are quite quirky, and I like that. Yeah, he's. I mean, even within the first five minutes, I think my impression was, wow, the. You can immediately yeah. tell he's not a conventional shonen <laughs> character. Yeah, for sure. He's like, I was like, oh, I didn't know we were getting into this guy. Okay. <laughs> like, like, not afraid to talk about the edgy stuff. Like, not, like, he just doesn't mince oh, his like, words. 
I don't know how much we can spoil it, but it's like the when the you can just cut this bit out if you can spoil it later. But it's like in the first um, two episodes when the main girl called her called him a dog. You're like, oh my god, is he gonna kind of like get his uh, dignity back? Trying to fight this, he's like, what? <laughs> you're like, okay. So it's this type of anime then. Yeah, I remember. I remember seeing somewhere else that like someone else also like like what? But I don't remember when it was. Anyway, but that reminded me of different. Also, Pachita is so cute. Is it? It kind of really. I said because I, I was on Instagram and like I saw Crunchyroll store was releasing a Pachita plushie, and I was like, I, I mean, I still need to Google that. I forgot to look it up. But I saw it. Up. I don't know. I. I think the thing is in general is cute, but the chainsaw bit does bother me because it kind of like splits the head in yeah, half. Yeah, yeah. I think my first, oh, the first time I came across it was watching like one of some of the YouTubers, ad YouTubers, talk about it, and I just watched the trailer. But I think this was over a year ago or something. And I and I thought, yeah. And I I didn't know when it was come out, and now it's like wow, it's finally it's finally come out. It's, it was super hyped up, and then even now it's already like almost a nine, like almost nine points on my anime list. Mm. I think that's mainly people who's watched the manga and um, like, like rated yeah. based it on yeah. how they thought so the manga is right. But the animation is the anime. Sorry. Yeah, the anime by itself, the first two episodes are definitely really good, mm. but it's just not so far. It hasn't made it look like it's like best of all time kind of good. Yeah, yeah. The animation is like really good, and the art. I really like the expression. I like the darkish tone. The vibe and and it really portrays like the people's expressions and and it's gruesome but it's not in a way that makes you feel too uncomfortable because you do want to feel uncomfortable like I feel like they do want you to feel uncomfortable because of it. It has a good balance. Yeah. It's like I always think when you're like being an anime creator, like a director, and trying to adapt these stories, you're trying to push the boundary, right? Because you're trying to give the audience something new they haven't seen. So, like you said, you're trying to make them a little bit uncomfortable, but not too uncomfortable. They're gonna drop it. Yeah, yeah I think I think that was what、um, CloverWorks managed to do with Wonder Egg Priority before、mm-hmm. it became before the last episode came out and it all went to shit. But <laughs> like I think the for the most part, literally right until the very end, I think it, they managed to do that. Like just made you uncomfortable, but also. Intrigued. You're a little bit on the、yeah. edge, but not being like, "What is this? I can't take it." Yeah. I think one of the, the ones that like just didn't get that balance wrong, at least from my point of view. Did you watch Goblin Slayer? Oh my god! It was. I watched one episode and I can't like that's too too much. Yeah, I I stopped halfway. I just I couldn't get through. I watched it because everyone was talking about it. It's just way too much. It doesn't have to be like that. It's in, it's deliberately trying to be, very uncomfortable. I think there are something like the whole isekai trope, right? Or just kind of like adventurous. I think a few anime that comes to mind are like Sao was, I think, like a very very big event in a lot、yeah. of in a lot of ways. And then it it got into like Danmachi, uh, yes, the girl with the big boobs. I think that pushed it、yeah. a little bit, but and but it was like not in a、uh. way that like I don't think it was. I couldn't. I wasn't able to finish last the um the first season, and then. Rezero definitely was another because it introduced like an element of like death and made it very dark. Yeah. But then Goblin Slayer, I don't know what like <laughs> they were trying to do with it. I feel like they were just trying to be like this like Goblin Slayer and Redo of a Healer. They're both anime that like have been super. I think if people are into it, they're super into it. I think 
my, my problem with Goblin Slayer, because it's not like a death and like that kind of stuff is not unheard of in animes, right? If you think about darkness, I think Maiden Abyss is oh, very yeah. dark. Yeah. It is very dark, but I can accept that because it has a point to the story. Yeah, it adds value. <laughs> it's, it's the world building and you feel like this kind of stuff happened naturally. Well, Goblin Slayer first episode didn't. It just threw it in your face and you're like, I haven't got any background information and you're making me watch this. I'm not comfortable. It was oh God, Made in Abyss. <laughs> I can imagine Made in Abyss. I watched Made in Abyss with my flatmates and I think it was my, one of my flatmates recommended and saying like, oh, this was really highly rated this season. And then if you remember what the first season poster looked like, it, it literally looked like it came out of a children's yeah, um, like a sketchbook. Yeah. And it's so cutesy and all the character designs are cutesy. And the first episode was like at the very, at the very beginning. It's just like, it's like, oh, they're having fun under the sun in this beautiful world. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, boy, am I wrong. I can just imagine that's the kind of thing that if a parent doesn't know what it is and try to make their kids watch it and be like, oh, I got you some new anime. Oh, no. I mean, it's like, <laughs> oh, it's like no. Monica, right? I tried to, because yeah. I tried to, I made my dad watch like all three movies with me like a few years ago and he was like, is this for kids? And then it got to a point where Sayaka just went insane. Sorry for the spoilers. <laughs> um, and then I was like, yeah, this is more. <laughs> You went into it with the wrong expectation. Yeah, but it's but I think it's that like gap. It's not like twist that makes it so interesting and then makes people because I mean it's it's also making a point right that just because something that's that it looks kitty or it looks very like cutesy, it could be covering a lot of like ugliness or hiding a lot of ugliness yeah. and a lot of madness that people don't see. And that that that's a really strong point to make. I guess it's just advice for parents before you give your kids any anime to watch. Read the description. <laughs> Um, so I think kind of as a contrast to that, Spy Family season two, I think, I mean, it's another bingeable one, but it's in a, like something that you would look forward to like every week, but it's in a very, very different yeah. way. I really liked Spy Family because it's, it just hit all the, ticked all the boxes, isn't it? The animation is good. Story is very cute. Character building is cute. And I think it's overall very enjoyable, but I wouldn't probably list it as one of my like top five or top ten. What, in, 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 of all time? Yeah, yeah of yeah, all yeah. time. Yeah, I get it. Because Spy Family is just, it's an enjoy, very, very enjoyable anime, and it kind of just stops at that. I remember reading the um, Spy uh, Family's author, his interview, and he's basically saying that he did Spy Family because he knows it's going to get popular, mm. but it's not something that he, from his heart, wants to do, so he has no attachment to the characters. You're oh. like, uh, I didn't kind of want to know that. It's kind of sad because everyone loves Anya. It makes me, yeah, it makes it difficult for me to enjoy the anime when I think that you said that because then suddenly this became a commercial product rather than, you know, like uh, an anime that you put pour your heart and soul into. But it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, it's still just, it's an enjoyable watch and there's nothing wrong with that, right? I saw, I think it's like one of the, when the boy bands break up. And then it's it's yeah. like it's someone like like five years later is like yeah that wasn't the kind of music I wanted to make. <laughs> I know what you mean. It's like especially in K-pop because they always make the bandmates look like such friends, you know. It's like oh we're family, and then like this is the core idea they're selling, mm, right? Yeah. It's like oh the fat friendship working together to success, 
and then a few years later you find like oh he smoked uh, he, he he uses drugs mm. this one was like in some illegal business and then they came out they're like yeah we're never friends <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> so he lied to me all this time <laughs> It's it's. I feel like the this is especially true um, in Asian like Asian pop culture, uh, because I mean yeah. like you know, K. It's such a scandal, and even like K-pop, I like idol members date each other because it's like oh like you're supposed to be single because you, like you belong to the fans or it like a bit and becomes very strong like fan culture like you stand someone and someone is biased and then you, and then you're like it, it's it's quite crazy yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it's this idea of you can't accept people for what people really are like. I feel in that kind of pop culture, you almost try to make idols like gods, so they can't yeah. they can't do anything imperfect. They can't have their personal personal desires or stuff. Everything is full of fans, which is just like it's not gonna happen. If you're setting your expectation to be that, you are you are going to get disappointed because nobody can be like that, right? But I also like it when you remember some I can't remember which ones, but like there were definitely like Taiwanese dramas about idols, and then they would like try to be like oh no, trying trying to act like they were they had like a they were always like in love with like a special girl, but like she wasn't as pretty as this like. Like Kohai at his like talent agency, and then there would be like a like a like drama that ensues. Um, that just reminds you of that kind of setting. Um, I mean, it's the same as in anime because just now we're saying that oh, it's never gonna happen. This otaku guy who has no special skills <laughs> had this perfect girl falling for him. I mean, it's the same in these dramas. It's this perfect guy falling for this girl who's uh, nothing special. It's just yeah, it's <laughs> a bit of fun for both sides. Yeah, like. Uh, I guess there has to be like some sort of conflict or some sort of drama and and for some reason that's like people like that <laughs> like like the like the idea of like oh like someday someday like they're like i could i could I, I you know i'm working in a cafe and this rich guy comes in and he's like i love you and <laughs> like in k-drama there's nothing wrong to dream about it but probably just don't don't take it as a possibility of reality happening right yeah very much anyway that brings us to the next because <laughs> <laughs> this one was is kind of like winter and i want to talk about tanguan sifu which i also talked about briefly with ray in our episode episode three please watch it if you have sorry not watch please listen to it if you haven't we went into a deep dive into like BL anime and Chinese web novels. <laughs> um, but yeah, Tianguan Sif was another one that Winter also watched. Basically, the main lead, Hua Cheng, he like spends 800 years like pursuing this guy. So basically, I read the. Well, I watched the anime and then I read the book, but I hid it from Nat for the longest time. <laughs> because I know she was just gonna be like, oh my god! I just couldn't deal with that, so I hid it from her for a very long time. Well, I mean, it's it's thoroughly an enjoyable read. I didn't think I would like it first because, like, if you heard what Nat just said, and if you read the kind of description of the book, it just sounds so corny. You're like, oh my god, this guy chasing this guy chasing this other guy for eight hundred years, and it's like selfish love, selfish selfless love. It's like giving him everything. You're like, who does that in real life? But then I read it, and it's just like, oh my god, I'm so touched. <laughs> this is so real. It is realistic, okay. The book is written so well, it is, and it it's is. 
it's not just about the love story, I guess. There's a lot of like themes, yeah, yeah, themes, episodical things happening in between. So it's it's a thorough, enjoyable read, and I didn't even really think about it as a BL anime. Mm. I, at at the moment, like when I read stuff and I read about romantic things, I just think about it's two people falling in love. It has nothing to do with gender. They could be opposite genders. It could be the same genders. It doesn't really matter. It's just a very well written love story. Yeah, that's that's a that's an opinion that Ray also had, and I think we also touched touched upon that in the BL episode. Is like basically our conclusion was that as long as it's done well and tastefully, and it like something like something like given like it's not we didn't watch it because it's it's um oh yeah it's it's guy on guy or like it's it's whatever but it's it's just as long as it's like a good at like the story is done well and it actually means something exactly yeah the emotions felt very felt very real so what made you what made you watch the uh sorry read the novel after you watched the anime because you didn't read Maratsushi. yeah what did i what did make me read the book uh, for those of you who don't know as well Moradzushu is an earlier anime that's been adapted by novels that are also written by the same author as Terran Sufu also known as Heaven Official's Blessing I think because the first season of the anime I watched the anime first and then the first season of anime was enjoyable mm-hmm. but it didn't really quite you can't quite tell what the ex- entire book is like from just the first season of anime. So ju- the, from just the anime, I kind of feel like, oh, it m- might be one of those, like, you know, um, not ghost hunting story, <laughs> but it's a bit like a mi- mystery and solving, like, crimes, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I want to know what happened in the next arc. And then I kept reading on. I was like, oh, that was not the main point of the book. Yeah. It... But yeah, it, it's very enjoyable. Like, I didn't mind the kind of... Uh, shift from what I originally expected to be like at all. Did you watch um, Moratsushi? No, I didn't. This was the only one I, I read from her oh. books. Because I was going to say, like, if you enjoyed like mystery element, even the Moratsushi one, they, they do, they... The way that the anime has been like arranged and executed is very... It, the order of events is different, is quite different to the novels, but it, they both involve some sort of like things happening in the future that relates a lot to the past and a lot of flashbacks and stuff so i think you'd actually enjoy that as well i i think if i do read it i definitely will like read and watch the anime it's just that i'm very conscious of committing myself to it because it's not you know i read the entire book of tianguan sifu in like a weekend i did that too I just I have no self control. If I start reading and the book is interesting, I just keep reading. I don't care what time it is during the night. I have the, I have the and... copy books. I can bring them to you. <laughs> no, that that won't be necessary. It's just that it's, it uncensored. Affects, it's, it's really enjoyable when you're doing that, yeah. and then you finish the book, and then you close it. You're like, I have about two hours to sleep, and I have to go to work. <laughs> and you're like, what have I done? So I, I try to not. Unless I have like a whole chunk of time, I can just use it to do something. Otherwise, I try to not start books like this because I just have no self-control. I'll just keep reading it. Okay, well, next time you have like a long break again, I will bring, I'll bring over the hard, but I also have the um, extras. Like it's like a extra little, it's like a thinner book. <laughs> so there's like five books. You see, this is exactly why I didn't want to tell you. It's going to be like, read this! Um, it's also shorter than Heron Sifu. You probably only take like a day to read or maybe a day and a half. Yeah, but then you close it and you're like, oh my god, now time to Google about them. Yes, yes. Other, uh... You'll keep watching the like live action memes and like the 
the live action moments, even though I never watched it because I couldn't get into live action. Nah. But it's just because. It's still funny. For those of you who don't know, like all the live action and the animes are kind of like they have to be more toned down from the book because the book is clearly like it's very clear it's um it's uh PR relationship what well, and the anime and the book because it's broadcasted to a wider audience, so it has to be toned down being like oh they're just having bromance <laughs> rather than very explicitly saying this is a a, a proper romantic relationship. I think I think it's when I compare. I mean, there's like that that long running thing where it's like you wouldn't want to watch live action if you've seen the anime, right? Because you've seen the animation, you see like in your eyes, like the way that's that has been portrayed as the anime character is like the real the real person that they're trying yeah. to talk about. And when you watch live action, it's like oh, but this is an actor. <laughs> so it, there's no way like it'll never they'll never compare because it's just not it's not that. <laughs> It's also like, cause all in all these books, you build up these characters in your mind, and uh, yeah. I mean, most of them are not real, real normal human beings. You're like, oh, this guy's uh, not not so handsome, but it's like you have a specific idea of the, what they should look like and speak like, and then you watch the live action, you're just like, you're just a normal dude. <laughs> I don't buy this. You're definitely hanging on wires here. <laughs> you're you're not flying. <laughs> um, I mean. Even if you don't agree with my opinion, you can't comment, hunt, hunt me down. So, free free speech. <laughs> um, yeah, and also I think, especially if you're watching like a romance thing and it's been portrayed in like a book or like anime, I feel like when you watch live action, it's gonna be like, oh no, but you're not actually in love with him. You're just act. You're just acting. I don't believe you. <laughs> That's why anime is great because it's uh, it's free from real world attachment. You you can do whatever you want. I also wanted to say that I forgot to mention this in the BL episode, but I went to the, I think it was Ali Plus Cafe in Singapore for Taiwan Sufu. And it was so, it was really fun because it was really weird because the last time I went to one of these cafes was in Tokyo. I think it was like a Good Smile one or an animate one. With Boku Hero, and then there was another. Actually, no, there were a few that I went to in Tokyo, but they weren't. It was the first BL one that I went to, like that I gone to, and it was also the first Donghua one that I gone to. And the friend yeah. that I went with, she was saying how it was funny because the week before she'd gone, but for Bang Dream, so it was like an idol cafe, and most of the people there were guys. And then when we went, like everyone, <laughs> like most of them were girls. And um, yeah, it was it was really, it was really touching to see everything kind of like put up like they did like it they they recreated some of the stuff in, from the anime and then they just put it in the cafe as a decoration. I thought it was really nice because another thing about having someone to share kind of this stuff with is is I feel like when you're watching or when you're watching anime or when you're reading like web novel you're just it's in your head or like you're you're just trying to digesting this maybe you go on reddit and like or you go online to like look stuff up but then when you're actually going into like a cafe that's specifically themed you're like oh all of these people are my <laughs> these people are my nakama like we all we've been through the same experience we have the same like we have the same past like we share <laughs> like <laughs> that's the i find that's 
part of the interesting things of like the really enjoyable experience of either reading books or watching anime or playing games you know when you find people who has the same same interest like or did the same thing as you because it, it's just it's it's an undescribable feeling isn't it you're like oh <laughs> you understand what i felt in this book or this game it's like I play quite a bit of games, and one of the games I really liked in recent years is um, Legend of Zelda, which nobody around me finished I'm it. I'm sorry, I watched the game trailer, and then I was like, this seems too Nobody hard. finished it. <laughs> this game just, it just brings me so much feeling, you know? Like, I look at this game, and I was like, oh, this is just such a journey. Yeah. A journey I've been on, and I can't quest it, and I can't share with anybody around me. You talk about Breath of the so, Wild, right? Yeah, yeah, t- Breath of the Wild. And then when I was looking at, because when um, Nintendo released a trailer for um, Legend uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2, and oh, then they true? did kind of like, yes, <laughs> coming out next year. And then they did kind of like a shot of the lo- um, people who were there at the at the convention. And when the trailer just came up, and then you just see the entire, like the entire group of people who played Legend of Zelda going like, oh. <laughs> and I was like, I feel you. I know how you feel. Look at these losers. <laughs> Oi, look at you loser going to a BL cafe. <laughs> joking, joking, guys. Don't, don't get offended. I just think it's nice, you know, yeah, no matter yeah. what age you get to, that you have that kind of passion for something. Yeah, for it doesn't sure. matter even if other people think it's lame. If you, you can feel that kind of excitement still in your life, I think it's it's a good it's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like it... I mean, whatever, whatever passion it is, but I don't know if there's something about weaves or, well, I mean, guess hardcore anime fans, because I don't I feel like weaves people sometimes get offended if you call them that, but I don't, yeah, whatever. Um, what is the respectful way of describing weaves? I don't know. Uh, non-loser weaves. <laughs> oh, oh my god. No, no, no weaves are losers. Come on. But uh, yeah, I, especially something about nerd like nerdier type when you're into uh you know that like the harry potter fandom or like the like star wars type stuff i think there's something about people who are really into fiction that yeah. that that kind of makes us a bit different than the other people that have ho- not saying that not saying that like people aren't as passionate about their hobby but i think maybe we get a bit more like fixated or emotional because we're into something that's already not real but somehow we're we're very like but this like it's very real to us it's more real than yeah. <laughs> it's more real than a daily boring life isn't it it's weird because you know you get you watch the you get transformed in a different you got you got isekai your brain gets isekai <laughs> and then you come out and you're like man i work or like man i have to go out to get groceries it's very addicting for me right i feel the ability to to like make stories like this and enjoy it and dream is what makes humans so different from other animals wow that's very deep because otherwise (laughs) well seriously otherwise you're just driven by your base needs right if you think about it like because both nat and i have cats And sometimes I look at them like we're not so different. You want to eat, you want to sleep, you want to poop, and that's just the daily like that's what most human beings do too, right? You're the first guest here to talk about poop, but yeah, go on. And 
even if no matter how much you say oh you're complicated you're just driven by comfort in life in most cases and like when you're saying you want to earn more money and do this and that most of that is from quite selfish and just satisfying like you want better food that kind of stuff yes it's slightly more complicated than what cats or other animal needs but if you look at the grand scheme of things it's not that different but it's the ability of us trying to like thoroughly enjoy something that entirely came out of another human being's hat that I think makes us different. That also sounds a bit wrong, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I meant it in a good way. That's in- I mean, ca- if you want to go down that route, yeah, I guess things are that are intangible that are made to be experienced. I mean, I know anime, you can like you can hold a book and stuff, but ideally, like, in ultimately the concept of you know what. Because when you read, you're basically just thinking about it and you're, you're Im- imagining and you're visualizing in your head, right? So it's not something that you can hold. And same exactly. as like an, an anime or, or like a plot or a story, it's not something you can like, they're all actually intangible. Um, and I guess the things that animals can feel that are intangible are mainly emotions. Like when, you know, when they feel like we're angry at them or when they feel like they know what they do that pleases and displeases us and they kind of notice those reactions, but it's not really the same thing as understanding like an intricate plot because sometimes i see my cats like they they definitely dream they'll dream about stuff in their sleep but i do wonder what they're dreaming of like to what extent can they dream about things that's different from their daily life like my cat will pretend they're running when they're sleeping also they will go like num num yeah, the num other day someone was like doing like making sounds with their tongue and i was like what are you doing <laughs> i assume they're dreaming of eating something tasty in their dream do you want to do you want to talk more about um actually talk about talk about the names of your cats right so my cats are nana and hachi which by the name you can thoroughly tell i'm open <laughs> so nana and hachi is like the short short version of the name their formal names are nanachi which is from made in abyss mm-hmm. and hachiman which um i didn't name it that <laughs> <laughs> but you know you know where hachiman's from right yeah yeah yeah. i do i watched a little bit uh Cover it. The name is so long. You know what? Let's just call it Love, Love, Kome, Snafu. Uh, yeah, what is the anime name? My t- you keep talking. I'll come back to me. My Teenage Romance Company, Snafu. But that was there was another word. Oh, Ore. Ore no Senshun something. But there's a shorter version. Wow, I said that name so many times over the years. I actually don't remember what it's called. Ore, it's not... I the first thing I think of is Ore more. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a different thing. Let's we're not talk about that today. Um, uh, Hachiman is is the main is the main character in that um in that anime. But yeah, so my so Soba is obviously Soba. So your cat's names are essentially Nana Hachi. If you just tell people, it's just like seven and eight, which is really clever because yeah. then you're like, oh, actually, they're, they're different names. And then Soba is just Soba. Well, her middle name is Blueberry. Uh, <laughs> and she's named after noodles that's that's not very that's not as i was discussing deep. with um not nat but my other friends the other day saying that naming pets after food is a very asian thing because it's like soba is soba and then you have like people who call their pets like tofu mochi or mochi <laughs> you never hear british people do that you don't see cats that's called fish and chips <laughs> beans on toast <laughs> Imagine having 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 cat is like, hey meatball. Oh, actually, uh, meat. Hey lasagna. <laughs> hey pancake. Yeah, that doesn't roll. Yeah, uh, but I am getting another cat. 
I actually went to uh, visit her today. I'm going to pick her up in a few days, so you might be hearing her as well. It's going to be me and my two girls from now on. <laughs> single cat lady. Um, she's going to be called Ushio, so I'm naming her after Ushio from Summertime Render. So that's my first anime named cat. I'm sure you can find some, some anime character that's named Soba. <laughs> Well, like actual, if I literally started giving like food credits, like, cause there's so many like nice anime food, like memes out there, and they just kind of like you know like voice actor, the credits, and it's just soba, soba, <laughs> was eaten <laughs> if you click on the page. So um, let's talk about the breed of our cats as well. I mean, I know this is a bit like not really anime related, but it is kind of to do with like approaching thirty and just I think. I don't know, I think, I feel like it, it's a part of, I mean, I feel like a big theme of this podcast is just to talk about, like, what I guess, what also makes us different from the other anime podcasts is we're a bit more, maybe a bit more personal than yeah. a lot of the other stuff, um, a lot of us already know each other, so I think it'd be interesting to talk about our, our lives as well, like, not, not to go into anything that's too, too intrusive, obviously, for the guests. Yeah, so our cats are all ragdolls. Yes. Um, they're very sweet and cuddly. <laughs> what else can we talk about that we're not? Well, I guess I guess a bit into decision why at least I got ragdolls. I think all cats are very cute, but I specifically wanted ragdolls because um, I I had friends before I came to UK who had ragdolls and they're just the loveliest cat ever. Like they have. Because I feel with lots of other cats, you kind of have to earn their affection, if that made any sense. You have to spend a lot of time and stuff. But like ragdolls, they they just born to love you. I love, I love how it's, you say that as if you don't spend a lot of time. <laughs> You're like, no, I... Of course I do, but it's like that that love is very uncondi- like very unconditional. And they're almost dog-like. They don't really resist if you want to like pick them up or play with them. Yeah, and I mean the name Ragdoll comes from, and they're very fluffy, fluffy cats. So if uh, any of you don't know what a Ragdoll looks like, you can search them, um, the picture on Google, and they're very fluffy, big, Winter. just cuddly. Cats. Winter's cats are huge compared to compared to Soba. Soba Soba is also like quite a big cat, but she's not she's not that big. She's like I think a couple kilos lighter than than Winter's cats. So both of my cats are six kilograms. Yeah, Soba's around. Oh, actually, Soba's Soba's like five kilos almost. Probably. So it's not that that different. Yeah. But ragdolls are a breed that can grow up to ten kilograms. Yeah. For the males, yeah. so they they can be absolutely huge. I think they're the second largest domestic cat breed. Yeah. Um, after um. Maine Coons. Maine Coons. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I always thought of myself as a dog person because I grew up with dogs and I was always gonna get a dog. But I mean, they are quite high maintenance, and I wanted to cuddle more than to kind of. I I mean, I love walks, but when it, if it becomes like a daily, like I didn't know if I was like, going to be able to manage, and I wasn't really, I didn't really know what a cat would like having a cat would be like um, until I think like you know like you pass through a certain age and and everyone around is getting like cats, cats basically. Not not that it was not to encourage like obviously not as like a something that 
you would do without having consent because it's a big decision like it's not like I'm not saying this is like I'm not telling people to go get cats or like to go get a pet if like if you're not ready for commitment because you need to be but like I think it was like at the time when I was feeling like I could like I, I do love animals and I didn't really see myself as a cat person until I actually came and came into contact with the ragdoll and I was like oh like I could I could see myself living living with this like they're really sweet and and I think this would be this made me happy um so for those of you who say money can't buy happiness money can't buy happiness <laughs> some money you need <laughs> I think honestly I can say that having cats is probably one of the best decisions I've made in my life like not even exaggerating it's just the everyday happiness like Yes, you can go out, buy an expensive handbag or even get like a luxury car. But that kind of happiness is quite short-lived, isn't it? You probably get excited for a week, a month, and that's about it. And then you kind of move on wanting more expensive things. Well, having cats is just, it makes me happy every day I wake up and like hatch you asleep on my pillow. I pet him before I go out to work. And then at the end of the day, I just feel so happy knowing that I can come back home and my cats will be waiting for me. Is the kind of sense of, I guess, in that sense, that why people have a family, right? Mm. You have people who's obviously, like, it's a constant in your life that you can rely on. My pet, it's not like when I come home, my cats are going to be picking a fight with me or asking for some expensive things I can't afford. No, if our, our cats is you buy them something expensive and they don't want it. <laughs> yeah, you buy them all the expensive toys they play with trash. <laughs> But they ask for very little. And I feel like just getting to this age, because especially because we all live o- away from our parents, you're kind of trying to build your own sense of family abroad. But obviously, we're not at an age where we're ready to have kids yet. And having pets is just something that it's... Obviously, you have to put a lot of effort and, and love and care and spending time with them. But it's something I willingly do. And obviously, compared to kids, they're a lot less... Um, hassle is not the right word. <laughs> they're not. They're not little demons. Like they're not little demons. They like, don't require as much energy. They can take care of themselves. I think, yeah. and also it gives me a sense of because I've reached the age where I can no longer view myself as a child anymore, where I'm getting taken care of by the society or by my parents as a whole. But if I wanted, like pets are something that relies on me, I think it's a new experience for me. Yeah, for sure. Because before this. I'm the one, like, as long as I take good care of myself, and sometimes I even rely on other people to do that, and that's fine. But pets are something that's 100% reliant on me. If I don't feed them, they're going to die. (laughs) So (laughs) it's a constant in my life that I need to constantly pay attention to, but it just brings me so much joy while doing that. It makes me realize that, oh, like, happiness is not all about receiving. It's also about giving. And when I look at my cats... Because my cats are the type of animals that just doesn't know there's danger existing in the world. <laughs> they sleep with their belly up. Anybody approaching them, they will immediately lick them and play with them. It just doesn't have a sense of potentially something can hurt them. And I can look at them and be like, I did that. I made them feel that way. And it's a controlled environment because they stay at home. They don't want to go outside. And like I look at them and be like okay like the world can be a good place and it's within my it gives me a sense of control in that in that way if you know what I mean yeah that's a that's a very good point I feel like control is is something that I especially the last few years I feel like when kind of COVID hit and 
I lost control of like I mean everyone lost control of what they could do right just kind of in terms of whether you could go out whether you know and I I feel like a lot of there was a lot of things that weren't right in my life or that I was trying to seek something for but I couldn't figure out what yeah. it was and and it was a sense of like losing control and kind of regaining that and when I think having a pet and having someone to to be responsible for is is definitely a way to kind of show yourself as well. Like obviously don't get a pet if you don't feel like you can actually take care of them, but it's it's definitely a way of kind of showing yourself as well that you can you can you can have that control and and be okay is a thing. Because sometimes I think about okay, if one day I ha- actually have kids, there's only so much I can do to protect them. You can build like a very beautified version of what the world looks like when they're kids, like very young kids. You'd be like, "Oh, everything is just beautiful and everybody is nice but as soon as they grow up to even just a little bit when they have to step into the society and outside of your control they immediately know that's not the case mm-hmm. and there's nothing you can do as parents to prevent that from happening while with cats you're like as long as I'm still breathing <laughs> I have a house and I have money to pay for your food your life is fine I can keep that very controlled and safe environment for you as my pets and that's something I feel I'm like made me feel proud of that I can do this. I so so I'm obviously so I'm used to having one cat, whereas um, Winter's always had two cats. Like since since she she's had cats, she's had two cats, and the the idea of like introducing like in a few days introducing a new cat into Soba's life and just imagining them interacting and and like making sure that I'm introducing them properly and and making sure that they're happy with each other and anticipating like really being really excited about them meeting each other but also kind of being at the same time a little bit worried I feel yeah I feel like that kind of I was thinking about those things today and I was like well actually you know this is this is actually a huge step for me as well because I'm like especially because I grew up as an only child so I've never been in that situation where I've been in the presence of an adult kind of trying to manage me and a sibling um so so yeah I was just thinking about that today and and feeling yeah feeling excited about it i i, I kind of i i'm i'm i think it'll be a really good experience yay because um i had I, like that said i always had two cats rather than one and i just feel like because some people <laughs> it makes me angry when people say that cats are not as affectionate as dogs because <laughs> that's just not the case like that's just not the case full stop they're affectionate in a different way because dogs are very like you're their whole world, right? Yeah. <laughs> but cats don't think that. And cat, dogs know that you, in terms of hierarchy level, you're above them. But cats kind of view you as equals. Yeah. My my whole Even place it, is just Soba's yeah. property. It's not mine. <laughs> they don't think of you as somebody who's like providing them food, shelter, so they need to be grateful to you. It's more that you should thank me as a cat for giving you this opportunity to love me. It's that kind of attitude. But like, I really like that because they're very independent animals. They come to you when they want affection and they will like um, let you rub the belly a bit or play with you, rub around your feet, and then they go off to do their other stuff. But they definitely do get lonely, especially if you're somebody with pet but travels a lot. Yeah. They don't like staying by themselves for very long. For that particular reason, I got two, so they can kind of keep each other company. And when I'm outside of, um, during the day working and stuff, they can still like hang out with another living thing. <laughs> I think it's the, it's the main idea. 
Yeah, I mean, I definitely got the vibe that lately that Sova's been, I, well, maybe she's feeling lonely, but I, I also, it also makes me feel like, I mean, I, like, I want her, like, obviously I got her so that I could be happy, but I also want her to be happy, and I didn't, and she's, she's so sweet, and she's so patient with me, and I, and I just, I, I just wanted to be her to be happy too, so... I think I think sometimes uh, yeah sometimes as pet owners I don't know if you feel the same but I feel guilty when I like go outside for too yeah. long or because they never blame you they don't throw a tantrum or anything but you can tell they're they're not like having a great time because you're out too long or didn't check with them so like I feel so guilty about that when that happens I remember when I first got Nana uh, when she was maybe a four months old kitten this is when I just got her and then there was a day that I was sitting here and then there's somebody ringing the doorbell because uh, it's something delivered and I have to run, right? So I ran from my living room to my front door as usually what, how I would run in the flat. But then Nana saw me running, so she got excited and she ran with me. But she was running right be beneath my feet. So I stepped on her leg real hard. Oh, no. And I was just like, oh my God, no. And then... And then at that point, I was cr I was on the edge of tears because I was thinking that, oh my God, I got this cat for like a week and I broke her leg. <laughs> and then her immediate re reaction was that she was going to go, like she immediately found a place to hide because she obviously felt pain. Yeah. And then she hid there for maybe like five seconds, checking herself that her leg is actually fine. So she walked out. And the first thing she did when she walked out is she came up to me to lick me to let me know that she's oh. fine. And I was just like, oh my god. Yeah. I'm gonna take take care of you for the rest of your life. And small things that like this happen that you're just like, oh, you're my family. Your love is so unconditional. How am I ever gonna repay you? <laughs> for me, it's when, like, every, when I've, I mean, nine. 99% of the time, whenever I come back from, like, being outside for, like, groceries or just, like, being outside. Like, Soba's always at the door whenever I open the door. And sometimes she even tries, like, she's actually a DoorDash cat. She lo She's an indoor cat, but she likes trying to go out. But then when I actually take her out, she hates it. So I think, yeah, so I think she just wants to, maybe she sees that I'm always going out. And obviously when she yells, when she meows at the door when I'm out, I don't hear her because I'm already, like, maybe somewhere, like, in a, like half an hour away. So maybe she's kind of always, like, I want to come too, like, what's there, like, I, I don't, and then, but then when I actually bring her outside, she's like, oh my god, what is this, like, I hate this, <laughs> and then, and then, it's funny, because the other day I got her, I got, I got one of those cat backpacks with, like, the bubble, um, so that yeah. she could see outside, and I, and I thought this was a great idea, because then we could take walks together, and, and she also wouldn't have to, like, walk, because she, she's a lazy little girl, <laughs> like, we walked out just, like, just super nearby like around the block and and she was meowing and she was like kind of scared and she was just like going in circles in the, in the backpack and then as soon as we went back into the building she um so i i don't i don't have a lift in my building and basically i on she just jumped out of the bag as soon as we got inside and then she just ran up the stairs and then she like sat in front of the door that kind of looks like ours but isn't <laughs> and she was trying to like look at me to try to get in and i'm like i, I can't we don't live there <laughs> i can't take you in uh, and then and then as soon as we got home she was like super happy and and just like went in and then and then i was like great like now you'll stop door dashing and then the next like the next day as soon as i opened the door she's like oh what's outside what's outside <laughs> like yeah, their memory is not great. <laughs> yeah, but she, yeah, she's she's so sweet. But I think 
like despite the fact that we both got cats during lockdown um i think that it's a very important point to point out that like we both went into this knowing fully that this is not just a lockdown thing because cats lived to for like 15 to 18 years and i i just makes me really sad when you see news saying that oh like during lockdown and the yeah. price of the pets skyrocketed and, and afterwards like all the shelters are so full that that's just yeah uh this makes me sad and i hope people don't do that i think a lot of um people as well when i mean i've heard some people when when they're immigrating and and it's it's it costs too much to bring their pet they also kind of leave them in the country or they they there's stuff that people don't plan out or maybe they can't plan out or maybe to be honest like it's it's not your finances aren't always a hundred percent in your control so yeah just just um i hope i hope like when people get their pets like it's it's not just they consider all the different possibilities before before committing because like you said, like sometimes that you, if you lost your job, you lost your home. There's not much you can do. But I just hope that, like, honestly, most people who abandon their pets didn't get to that, that desperate point. Yeah. And it's very important, I feel, that people who did get pets understand that they're not, they're not, commod- like, they're not products just for you to buy or just to make you happy. They have feelings. They're, they're a life form in itself that's no not any less important than you are and the fact that you bought a pet meaning that unless they're like of course stray cats a lot of these pets has no ability to survive in the wild by themselves at all because they're just not through like selective breeding throughout the years by humans they have no like wide survival abilities at all and that's because of humans like humans make them that way so if you are going to get a pet you need to take full responsibility especially i mean i guess especially our breed as well like fractals are very docile like they're very um they're known to be very sweet and they they, they wouldn't be able to really defend themselves in the wild no i just cannot see on like um, social media when people are like oh look at this uh, stray cat that used to be a ragdoll or something and i was just like oh i'm gonna cry <laughs> i cannot this is too sad i also can't imagine like when you like i would be so sad when i don't want to i don't even want to think about when they when they pass oh like, my I, god <laughs> like soba is my I, like you wake up you hear i mean sometimes she wakes like, okay a lot of times she wakes me up in the middle of the night and i <laughs> can't wake <laughs> just like stop like she'll do this thing where she like she like will paw at the wardrobe and make noises and then as soon as i get up she'll like hide under the bed and then i'll like try to sleep again and then she'll do the same thing to wake me up it's really annoying (laughs) but it's not some like like she's she's my baby like she's she's my big baby Yeah, I think parting with your pet or like parting with your friend or people in general in your life is just a topic that is first very heavy and second, I don't think we can digest yet at our point in life. Oh, I was just going to say like, yeah, definitely. I, I don't think we're yes, experienced enough to uh, to talk about that anyway, to ex- fully explore that. I think at any age, it's going to be a sad thing to go through. <laughs> But just because it's going to be sad at the very end doesn't mean all of the happy days before that isn't real, right? So I'm trying to like just focus on the time I actually can spend with them and to do spend these times well, rather than regretting it at the very end and be like, oh my god, I hope I have spent more days with you. I hope I, I wouldn't be one of those that says that. Yeah. I just want to make sure that 
like the, their time with me is gonna be the best time I can give them. Yeah, I mean the the real treasure was the journey along the way. <laughs> <laughs> I work in an office environment where I'm kind of like the younger ones there, and you see people who are in their fifties and sixties who would go to work on Monday when their mom has died on Sunday. Oh my god. And it's just something I cannot comprehend. Like even if my cat died, I don't think I can go to work for a very long time. I'll be an emotional wreck. I cannot imagine how people do that when your mom died. So some some maybe like as you you age more, you start to understand these things. But it's just not something I can comprehend at this this point. Yeah, yeah. I think different. I mean, different people deal with grief differently as well. Like maybe for them, it's. Like the best way to do to do it is just to kind of wash it away. I mean, the same with like breakups, right? Or like you 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 want to go back into normal routine to handle it. Like you handle it by by just living your life and and making sure that you 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 take care of yourself.、Um, I imagine if you are at a situation where you'd be really sad and you keep thinking about it and you spiral down and you just end up never getting out of bed or you never you just you just you just stay like that. You just stay like a puddle for like a week.、Um, Yeah, but my my concern is more that even if I do go into work on that day, if I'm in that situation, I'll be like doing work during work and studying, going、oh, <laughs> at my desk. <laughs> It's just not beneficial for anybody. For sure, for sure. Thank you so much, Winter, for coming on tonight to talk about things. It ended up being a bit more. I think the topics became a bit more deep than we, <laughs> deeper than we expected.、Um, That's just how deep a human I am. <laughs> and very deep thoughts. Yes, yes, deep, deep winter, very deep snow. <laughs> and thank you so much to you on the other side for listening to the rants of a single anime girl and her friend. If you like this episode, please leave a review for the podcast and give it a follow. Also, please feel free to go to my Twitter and Instagram. You can find me on both of those platforms with the handle at anime almost thirty. That's anime almost thirty with the digits three zero. Um, we also have a website up. It's also it's anime almost thirty dot com. I will be trying to post transcripts on there, but they might take a while. So please bear with me as I'm transcribing them manually. Hope you stick around for more episodes to come. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye.